we bring to the microphone now Danielle Moody, uh, who's a Democratic strategist, political analyst, writer, and host of Hashtag Woke AF Daily, who joins us now to talk about a few trending political topics. Uh, a lot of news uh, to unpack in the few moments that we have. Uh, Danielle, good to have you back. How are you today? I'm very good. How are you? If I complained, I'd be an ingrate. I am doing well, and I'm uh, glad to have you here on this uh <laughs> First day of the week to jump into the politics uh, that always seem to be brewing over the weekend. Always a lot to, to get to when I get in here Monday morning. Let me start with this. There's a brand new poll out this morning. Actually came out late yesterday, uh, but everybody's talking about it this morning. A new CNN poll that finds, and I guess on the one end, I'm not really surprised, that uh, while these uh, primaries are in, you know, in full effect, um, they're in full swing. Uh, Joe Biden, of course, the overwhelming favorite to win the Democratic nomination, uh, never mind uh, 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 Bobby Kennedy uh, Jr. running against him or Marianne Williamson running against him or Cornell West running as independent. Uh, the data suggests that the president is still, at the moment, the overwhelming favorite to win the Democratic nomination, of course. Uh, and President Donald Trump still, at the moment, I say at the moment, uh, remains the clear front runner for the Republican nod, um, his uh, drama, his legal drama notwithstanding. What this poll finds, though, is that a historic number, I mean, bigger than ever polled, a historic number of Americans don't want either one of them to run for president again, much less a rematch between the two. Uh, are you at all surprised by the data? No, I'm not, actually. Um, it, you know, I think that Americans by and large are exhausted. Um, I don't, and I, it's unfortunate because President Biden has done an extraordinary job over the last two and a half years of getting this country out of the sewer, which the Trump administration put us in. And I think that with regard to getting out COVID relief, with regard to rolling out vaccines, um, with passing an infrastructure bill, with getting our debt down, with getting the oil, uh, gas prices down. Um, there has been a ton of work that this administration has done, but because of the circus that is Donald Trump, when you see those two names together, all you have is exhaustion <laughs> that we are still dealing with of the 2020 election cycle and of the fact that Donald Trump still believes that he won that election, right? So it leaves, that matchup leaves a very bad taste, I think, in people's mouths, regardless of what it is that this president, currently President Biden, has been able to do to undo all of the all of the uh, the the terrible policies that Trump put in place. I've asked this question of others, but not of you. Um, so let me ask you: Why do you think then that uh, the president does not get the credit that he deserves? What he has done, stewarding the economy, um, uh, bringing the nation back from the brink. Many people thought that uh, some of the damage that Donald Trump did to the republic was irreparable. He had to inherit all of that, not just domestically but globally. And again, I think to your point, he's done an admirable job given what he was handed, and yet he doesn't seem ever in these polls to get the credit. Why do you think that is? Because, you know, if it bleeds, it leads, Tavis. Mm -hmm. That's what we know in this business, right? So right. bad news is going to be what, what carries the ratings, right? And, and the ratings matter for the, adver the advertising dollars and for the shareholders and the CEOs in their pockets. So giving, for instance, President Biden, a full town hall on CNN to talk about all of his accomplishments, given the fact that he inherited a pandemic, uh, a racial divide, uh, animus, 
uh, heightened domestic terrorism, all of these things, you think that CNN or any other outlet is giving uh, President Biden, they roll out the red carpet in the way that they give to Donald Trump? No, yeah. right? But it would be worth it for, for them to have uh, one-on-one conversations and do a media blitz around all of the things that President Biden has been able to dig this country out of, right? Put us back in good graces with our allies who began to see Donald Trump cozying up with Putin and Kim Jong-un, get us back on the Paris Court Agreement, get us back involved in actually furthering democracy. But the media is not going to use that opportunity to show good because for them, that's not where the ratings and the money lies or their interests for that matter. Yeah. Let me tell you what scares me about these numbers. Uh, I see poll uh, polling data all the time, as do you. And, you know, I, I watch it, I look at it, you know, and I, I take it for what it is. Their polls were still months away from actual election day. Uh, and so these things will, will change uh, like the wind. They'll move like the wind between now and election day. But I tell you what scares me about this in a moment. Let me first uh, share with you in the audience that the only election for which there is data in the history of this republic where both candidates were disliked by more Americans than liked on election day. They were more disliked than liked on election day. The only race um, that comes close to this uh, is the race between Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump. Yep. Their, their, yep. their, their numbers, their disapproval numbers, their likability numbers were in the toilet. Nobody liked Hillary, uh, apparently, and nobody liked Donald Trump. So they were, until this potential race, they were the most disliked uh, by Americans on Election Day. Now the data tell us that Trump and Biden have moved past Trump and Clinton, and they are more disliked by Americans than at any point uh, in our history when we were headed toward the polls for Election Day, of course, in 2024. Now, back to my point about why this scares me so much. What scares me about this so much, um, these two old white men, respectfully, you know, who uh, may mm. represent both of their parties in this next matchup, is that if these numbers hold up, uh, my sense is that there's going to be a turnout that's lower than usual for a presidential race. And you already know where I'm going here, Danielle. If there is a turnout mm-hmm. that is lower than usual in a presidential race, that plays to the Republicans. Uh, all the data suggests that when there is low turnout, the GOP tends to do better in those races. If Americans hate both of these guys, dislike both of these guys, and the turnout is low, there is more evidence uh, that Donald Trump, again, all this legal drama notwithstanding, could eke his way out, uh, could eke out a win and find his way back in the White House. That's what scares me, that the turnout may be low given the high dislike. That's my read. What's your take? My take is this, that the past two elections um, that we have seen have had some of the highest turnout, particularly for the younger generation um, historically, right? We have to remember that 2020 people came out in a pandemic before we had vaccines and stood in lines, right, uh, in, in those red states in order to cast their vote for Joe Biden. And I think that the reality here is that while these two candidates at the top of the ticket, for whatever reason, you know, may not be largely like, may not um, have the I want to sit down and have a beer with you type of personality. I think the reality at the end of the day is that America, what they do like is that they like their liberty, they like democracy and they like freedom. Mm-hmm. And what Donald Trump poses as a candidate is to finish the job. 
that he began in 2017 when he entered into the White House, which was to undo our democracy. And what people have to understand is that there is a full campaign and plan that is underway by the Republican Party, not just Donald Trump, but the Republican Party as a whole to finish the job. They have about 20,000 people that they are in interviewing processes for that are going to hit the ground on day one of a Republican administration, whether that uh, president is a Trump or a DeSantis or, God forbid, you know, um, a, a Nikki Haley, right? So when we look at these things, we have to see that the American people, you don't need to like Joe Biden, but you need to really like democracy. Mm-hmm. And you need to see that there is only one party that is actually committed to the Constitution. The other party is committed to putting in people in political jobs in these agencies to gut them from the inside out and to finish the job that the Trump administration started. The other thing about these polls um, that are a little bit scary is that uh, while I said a moment ago that we're, you know, still months away from Election Day, and we are, and these polls will ebb and flow, and they will, typically, uh, again, if you look at all these races over history where we've done polling, typically uh, they do change, but the numbers get worse. They don't get better. (laughs) They get worse. And we're also told from the data uh, that in most races, Americans tend to at least like one of the candidates. One of the candidates has, uh, you know, a favorable rating that's higher than the others, usually significantly. So we tend to like at least one person more than the other. That's not the case here. And the numbers are going to get worse, which, again, makes my point. I hear Daniel's point loud and clear. I don't argue with it. Uh, Turnout has been high for the last couple of races, even though we apparently didn't like the person's on the ballot. We'll see if that holds this time around. A great deal more to talk about when we come forward with the host of Hashtag Woke AF Daily, Danielle Moody, who you're listening to right now on KBLA Talk 1580. Say the quiet part out loud. KBLA Talk 1580. does indeed right now with Danielle Moody, who's a uh, political analyst, writer, Democratic strategist, and host of Hashtag Woke AF Daily, who I'm pleased to have back on this program. We were talking moments ago about... Um, Uh, This new polling data that suggested uh, most Americans don't like Donald Trump or Joe Biden. They don't want to see this rematch. Both of their uh, their uh, favorable numbers are in the toilet. uh, And we'll see what all that means in the months to come. Let me pivot from that now um, to uh, another institution of government. Talking about the presidency a moment ago, the executive branch. Now, let me move now to the. uh, to the judicial branch, and their numbers are uh, as low, if not lower, uh, than the executive branch numbers. Uh, people these days are just really annoyed uh, by all the drama happening inside the U.S. Supreme Court. Justice Alito, Samuel Alito, days ago, uh, wrote a piece uh, trying to get out in front of a ProPublica story. Um, ProPublica is the organization that broke the story about all the gifts and all the trips uh, that Clarence Thomas uh, was receiving from this billionaire Republican megadonor Harlan Crow. Um, ProPublica was on the case of a story about another uh, Republican billionaire megadonor named Paul Singer, who was good friends with Samuel Alito. So Clarence Thomas's boy is Crow. Uh, Samuel Alito's boy <laughs> is Singer. Both of them, uh, both of their boys, as I said, uh, billionaires. Uh, but in the case of Samuel Alito, Um, His friend, Mr. Singer, frequently has cases before the U.S. Supreme Court. Uh, And uh, Mr. Alito, uh, Justice Alito, tried to get out front of this, writing a piece in The Wall Street Journal once again, uh, defending his actions, saying that he did not have to support it. Um, I discussed this a bit last week when this this, uh, started to roll out, but more keeps coming out about it. And I guess the the issue I want to raise with you, Danielle, to get your take on is... uh, 
the arrogance, the, the, the hubris, the ways in which both of these justices, Thomas and Alito, are digging in their heels about what they don't have to report. It's none of our business, uh, et cetera, et cetera. John Roberts has refused to do anything about it as the chief justice. And it's undermining whatever confidence uh, the American public still has in uh, the, the uh, judicial branch of government. It's, it's, it's alarming to me that they, again, of course, they have lifetime appointments, but they're digging in their heels as if we have no say-so about this, as if they don't owe us anything, they ain't got to report nothing, and we see the cozy relationship. We see Mr. Singer, again, uh, connected to a number of cases heard in front of Alito, and we're supposed to act like, you know, this is much ado about nothing. Um, talk to me uh, about how you see this. You know, I, I think that it's important for us, too, to kind of move away from referring to this as and this is bribery, right? Like this is this is actually what this is, right? When you look at Paul Singer and the fact that he didn't have one, not two, not three, not even five, Tavis, he had over ten cases before the Supreme Court. Samuel Alito recused himself from none of them. You had Paul Singer not only introduce him at events, fly him on a private jet, hold him up at you know, different uh, luxury resorts. I mean, these men that are sitting on the Supreme Court that are able to dictate laws for the rest of us have billionaire keepers, right? Like, this is not as if we're saying, oh, well, Clarence Thomas and Daniel Alito, oh, they, they've known these people since childhood. No, these men came into their lives after they were seated on the bench. So we can miss each other with this, oh, there, it's just a friendship. When your friendship is predicated on your professional role, right, that is not an ethics violation. It is bribery. It is what can I do for you so that you do for me. And while Harlan Crow has not had, quote, unquote, business before the Supreme Court, his business is the Supreme Court. <laughs> nope. So I, I think that it's really, it, it's really important for us to not just kind of brush it off and, and, and using their language as if, oh, we just need ethics reform. It's what is happening in front of our faces is that billionaires have bought the Supreme Court, have bought justices on the Supreme Court, and they are able to dictate the laws and the rules for the rest of us because they, have, they own these men. I love that she doesn't hold her tongue, and that's a powerful distinction, which I accept. Um, it's one thing to have these conversations in the realm of um, – uh, ethics violations, and she's right, uh, Danielle is. They really aren't ethics violations. This is organized bribery and legalized corruption. Uh, to her point, these billionaires are buying off Supreme Court justices, and there's apparently nothing uh, that we, the people, can do about it. Certainly, the Senate has done nothing about it, and that's the most disturbing part. We'll continue when we come forward on KBLA Talk 1580. Daniel Moody, it's one thing for the Chief Justice John Roberts to not do anything about these billionaires buying off members of his court. Uh, it's quite another, though, for the organization, the institution, rather, that has oversight over this to look the other way. That would be the U.S. Senate. What do you make of the fact that the Senate, with all this evidence to the contrary uh, about the independence of the judiciary, has not really stepped in to do anything about it? What are, what are, what are they afraid of? I mean, what... Yeah, I, I have no idea. I mean, and, and basically they, what they did was request 
that Justice John Roberts come and sit before the Judicial Committee, and guess what he said? You nah, get, I'm good. You get you get in the middle. You, was, you get in the middle finger. No, it, yeah, you get in the middle finger. Yeah. yeah. And the, and and there was and there was no recourse. And so you know when we when we recognize that we don't really have checks and balances in this country, right? Because no one is checking the Supreme Court. Right. Like no one is checking these people who oversee the laws for three hundred and thirty million plus Americans. Right. They, they, we did not elect them and we can't remove them. And this is what we're finding, not only at the Supreme Court level, but at the federal bench as well. You're, you talked earlier about uh, Trump and his legal woes that are being met in Florida in front of a judge who gets to decide whether or not she wants to recuse herself. And she's not going to, even though she showed her hand and her favor for uh, giving Donald Trump as much rope as he needs. So I think that we are in a really precarious time in this country where we really need to ask ourselves um, about the sanctity of our democracy and what it's going to look like moving forward. Because where we are right now, from the outside looking in, if we were reading this headline, Tavis, in another country, we would be calling America a banana republic. And it would not be a joke. It would not be tongue in cheek. It would be like, look. Look at their court system. That's our court system and our government is what sets us aside and apart from autocracies and dictatorships and what have you. And what we are seeing is that we have a veil of democracy, a hint of democracy, but not the real thing. Point well taken. I got about 60 seconds here. Tight 60. Um, your thoughts right quick on uh, Attorney General Merrick Garling having to publicly push back on these GOP claims of bias in the Hunter Biden investigation. I mean, Garland has to grow a backbone because mm -hmm. regardless of whether he does the right thing or not, he's playing politics. So if you decide to slow walk a case for an entire year because you don't want the perception to be that you're playing politics, you're doing you're playing politics by doing so. So Merrick Garland needs to do his job, regardless of what it is Republicans are going to say, because it ain't ever going to be good. Couldn't agree on that. <laughs> point anymore her name is danielle moody love her she's a political analyst uh writer democratic <laughs> strategist and host of hashtag woke af daily danielle good to have you back on we'll do it again somewhere down the road have a great rest of your day thank you so much you too thank you for your time hour two of tabby smiley after news traffic and sports you're listening to kbla talk 1580